Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Today's uh, topic is uh, why so many gods, you know, um, and you, you know, that applies on different levels, doesn't it? But we'll get into that. You know, there's a polytheism perspective of, you know, Hinduism, for example. Uh, but there's also, you know, different notions of God, Jehovah, or what have you from, in different religions. And uh, uh, even within polytheism, you know, like in the Shiva Pranas, it says Shiva is the highest God. All other gods bow down to him, you know. And then in the Vishnu Pranas, it starts out, Lord Vishnu is the highest God. All the other gods bow down to him. And it sounds like um, uh, contradiction, polarization, us versus them. We're the ones that got it right, you know. Uh, but then I explained that with my uh, that diagram I saw in ninth grade algebra book. This is just a diagram of some boxes, and you look at it one way, there are two boxes. You look at it another way, there are three boxes. And uh, that's actually a very profound thing because the underlying structure of existence is uh, what they call uh, an ab abstract algebraic structure. It's the mathematics of the structure of crystals. And, you know, you look at a crystal, like in a kaleidoscope or whatever, you look at the image one way and you see one pattern. You look at it another way and you see a different pattern, you know. And uh, you can identify all kinds of patterns. And there's a lot more to it than that, and we'll get into it. But um, uh, the whole field of, you know, divinity and the whole field of uh, idealized notions and the whole field of um, understanding, you know, God and uh, maybe having a little better grasp of it than uh, we may currently have, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. But before we do that, I want to start with a, a new segment. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll do this every week. But uh, um, I'm going to call it the week in a nutshell. And what inspired it was, you know, I talked to different people, friends, or just people I bump into or what have you. And it's amazing um, how little or what a narrow viewpoint so many people have on uh, what's going on in the world. And uh, so the, the purpose of this, you know, the week in a nutshell isn't to give my perspective. Uh, I don't think I have the right to try to force my perspective on other people, really, you know. But what I'm going to try to do here is just give an idea of what perspectives are out there and what the main topics of uh, uh, the news have been over the past week. And then you can decide for yourself. Um, I'm here with Scott Davalos today. Hey, Scotty. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And uh, um, I thought we'd start... Well, we can start anywhere. Let's, I think what I'll do is I'll go through some of the main topics. A lot of them we talked about before, you already know about. We're not going to spend a lot of time on any one. I think it's just enough that we plant a seed for people to reflect on, you know? Yeah, and, it was funny when you were talking about that, well, yeah. Michael. I was thinking, it's like, how are we, you know, how do we talk about, like, you know, what it is that, I don't know how to put this, but what we are. It's like there's a, there's a, a dark orb and there's like a little like thing that we can put up our eyes to and whatever 
one of those little things that we can put up our eye eyes to shows that's what us. We see. Yeah, that's what we see through that portal or whatever it is. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you were telling me something about blue, and they never used to be. But what was that? Can't see the. Yeah, color. I was reading an article. It's like they first found the mention of the, you know, a word for blue from the Egyptians. And it turned out they were the only culture that could produce like blue dyes. Oh. And, and, and uh, so they had a color for blue. Nobody else had a color for blue. Cause, and then they said they, you know, they were trying to test whether they, they actually couldn't see blue or they, but just nobody knew about blue. Cause it just doesn't occur naturally other than the sky. There's really nothing in nature that's blue. Well, what about the what about the sky? You know what, what right, did they yeah. see when they looked at the sky. That yeah, that's what I was. But they just never saw. You know, it's just they looked at the sky. They didn't. Well, think then you were it. you were telling me about the uh, Indians, American Indians, when the uh, uh, first ships came over from Europe. Yeah, they didn't see. You know, there was another thing that they couldn't see the ships. You know, because they had never. You know, I think it was the the. the the Mexican, the, the Aztecs, not the Aztecs, whatever, the Mayans or whoever mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. that they ran into first. They, they couldn't they, see the shits. Yeah. It was like until something, you know, they'd landed and then it kind of got shook into their reality. And then all of a sudden they're like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, what is that? No kidding. You know? Well, it makes me think about like the, uh, that test we've cited in the past about the experiment they did at MIT they put a bunch of kittens in a room with all horizontal lines or whatever it was. Yeah. Then after so many weeks or whatever, they took them out of that room, put them in another room with all vertical lines, and they all flipped over on their sides. You know, they couldn't see yeah. the horse. That was normal, right? Yeah, yeah, that was normal. They couldn't even really compute the other, you know. Uh, and, you know, those sound like pretty far out abstract things, but... You know, when you talk about the news, it seems like I don't care what side you're on, extreme right, extreme left, or what have you. Uh, isn't it true that people see it from one perspective and that's it? You know, they can't yeah. even see the other perspective or it doesn't make sense to them or they call it a uh, conspiracy theory or what have you, you know. Uh, but at any rate, the border, you know, there were all those people living underneath the bridge, you know, 12 or what was it? Thousands of them, 15,000 of them at one point. And then uh, all of a sudden, 12,000 of them disappeared. And it took a long time to find out that what happened was that they released them, put them all in airplanes and they released them to different parts of the United States, you know, unvaccinated, uh, diseased, I guess, 20 percent, they estimated and just took them wherever they wanted to go, you know? Uh, and now, but the thing is with the border, there are arguments that go different ways. One argument is it's an arbitrary uh, line in the sand. You know, what right do we have to have borders at all? People should be able to go where they want. And that isn't an, an argument. They consider the borders to be immoral. Uh, of course, then there's the other side of that, which says that there's... Um, uh, sovereignty and you have to have the land and laws and otherwise all you have is anarchy you know what 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 percentage of of america even cares about any of this that's that's there's that's another perspective just bury that you know. your head in the sand put on the blinders and live your life and try not to think about it you know i guess in, in other times if the status quo is good you can get away with that but 
I remember I said to one person, I said, uh, uh, can you imagine someday uh, the Chinese Red Army marching down Mount Soma Boulevard? And she responded, she said, no, I can't. And I said, that's the problem, you know? I mean, it could happen, you know? Uh, it happened in Europe, you know? Uh, and then we could go on and on about that. But, you know, there's so many, like Afghanistan. One argument is it was a huge success taking all those people out. President Biden says it was a great success. And other people say how tragic it was, you know, that we left all those people there and they're torturing them now. And U.S. citizens and people that supported America, you know, are just left hanging, you know. And then uh, uh, another thing that's important to know about is this whole infrastructure bill that's going through Congress and without getting in, into the details of the two, you know, the one and a half Billion, trillion and the three and a half trillion uh, bills and how they're interconnected and they refuse to pass one without the other and all that stuff. Uh, I think bottom line on that is the infrastructure bill, 9% of it is for infrastructure and the rest is really pork. You know, it's just other things that people want to get through and they attach to onto that. And, you know, the, so from the one side, it's like, we can't afford it. And the other side, it's though we got to do it. It's a whole new, uh, world we're creating for America and it's the future, you know? Uh, and then the whole thing, I, I imagine you've seen on, on the, the school boards and these meetings and the parents are there all upset because they're promoting critical race theory. And <clears throat> one woman got up and she was, did you see that Scotty? One woman yeah. got up and she was reading uh, from some book in the library and it was all pornographic men with, boys and vivid and uh even the the people on the board who were you know wanted her to stop reading because they said oh that's not appropriate reading and she sits in the high school it's in your libraries you know yeah so um what happened then is and i guess this was the department of justice they're saying came out with the idea of calling those parents uh domestic terrorists and then, of course, they argue back that, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter or what have you, they're burning down cities and we don't call them domestic terrorists. But these parents that get up and protest, you know, what's being taught to the kids uh, and that it's basically a political agenda, if you will, you know. Uh, and then, of course, they cite Putin, you know, um, from Russia saying that basically, you know, give us a kid, you know, the whole idea that the communist movement wants to separate parents from children. And they want to take over the kids. And they say, give us a kid for the first four years and we'll show you a good communist, you know. So that whole thing is going on. And then Taiwan and the Chinese are wanting to uh, take over Taiwan and that whole big mess. And then Australia. Scotty, do you know what's going on in Australia with uh, the, the lockdown and the riots and the police yeah. just... just um, yeah, I saw that they were coming after people that they had heard were, you know, even, you know, like they didn't wear a mask somewhere or they didn't do something and just really coming after him. Yeah. And the guy, they even put out a warrant for some guy's arrest because he went into an elevator without a mask and sneezed. Yeah. And evidently he, I think he had tested positive, but anyway. Yeah. And they're beating people in the streets. I mean, it's just horrible, you know, from the, from the news reports and, and then again, some people would say, well, that's good. We got to, we got to shut lock things down. If people aren't willing to do it, then it has to be done by force, you know? 
yeah. and then there are other people say whatever happened to freedom you know uh so all these debates and then the whole immunity thing and these and then they're trying to uh conflate uh, the COVID virus vaccine with all the other vaccines where it's very different. It's the only one that actually affects the DNA, the messenger RNA. And then uh, 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 how many people even know about that and how many people even care? And then, of course, now, did you hear, Scotty, in Ireland or in Iceland, um, they've outlawed the vaccine. I don't know if it's all of them or just one of them, but it, it's... They're not using it there anymore because of all the myocardial inflammation that they've uh, gotten as a re reaction to it. So it's been out yeah, I've heard definitely they pulled the Moderna one Is that for, under, for Moderna. Yeah. For under 18 or something, they've a lot of, I don't think it's just Iceland. I think it's a lot of Europe, like, oh. uh, or maybe oh, the really? Scandinavian oh. because of the, you know, there's an increase side effects. Yeah. In Terrible side effects cases. in many cases. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and then, uh, um, well, then there's all, there's a, there's a book and I haven't read it, but I heard about it and I saw somebody talking about it on the news called the uh, woke Inc. And, uh, it's very interesting, basic theory. The guys, I heard him interview. He's a very intelligent guy and a businessman, I believe investor i think at any rate he was he, he kind of gave a big picture and he was saying that uh uh there's the woke group that he felt was you know influenced and kind of like with for example black lives matter uh yes who would dis disagree with that black lives matter you bet but the people behind it were really marxist pushing a marxist agenda and like they, they say there, you know, what you want to do is to take over culture is undermine it. First, you break it down and then you infiltrate it with your beliefs. And uh, the feeling there was that that's what they're doing with Black Lives Matter, burning down Seattle and Portland and all that stuff, you know. Um, um, And how many people know that? And then there's this whole movement back backing it. Like I just heard recently this week, George Soros is uh, funding, a, a, putting a lot of money into uh, Austin, Texas to defund the police. Yeah. I, I don't even get defunding the police. I mean, I get that if there are any rotten apples in, in the barrel, you know, you get them out of there, but. We need police. We need good ethical police, but we need police, you know. And so what's the motivation behind all that thing? Anyway, you got this whole woke movement that got funded or built up for in many different ways. Those are just a couple of examples. And then what you've got is that, that the woke group got involved with uh, Wall Street. And Wall Street then um, adapted it and promoted it and... Uh, Wall Street, and then the Chinese kind of came in through the back door because uh, Nike, uh, the NBA, uh, uh, Coca-Cola, I think, a lot of different companies, Scotty, do you know of others that, that basically were making so much money off of China and so much money off the whole woke movement that they of buying for the money, you know, um, that's one theory. You know, of course, all of these things, there's the other side of it. And I, I, all I'm doing here is presenting that, you know, there are two sides of these things. 
and what people believe based on is based on whether or not they can see blue, you know, whether or not they see horizontal lines or vertical lines. Uh, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks here, um, they're going to have all like public areas, restaurants everywhere. You're going to have to have uh, be vaccinated to go. Yeah. In LA, in LA, that's yeah. New York too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And on the one on the one hand, you see, you can argue that's great, you know, keep people healthy, you know. On the other hand, you know, whatever happened to freedom, and that gets into the whole thing that there's a debate between authoritarianism and uh, uh, just basic freedom. And where do the laws of the land come from? Do they come from the top, or do they come from the bottom up? You know, the the people. Authoritarianism is kind of a spooky thing to me because even if you had some really gifted, brilliant people that were kind of running the country and making it better, if you set up a system of, of top-down authoritarianism, what about the next generation? Sooner or later, you're going to get a tyrant in there. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Uh, oh, and then there's this whole thing about... Um, uh, have you seen this thing that this woman that was supposedly a whistleblower with Facebook? Do you know about that, Scotty? Yeah, I saw the um, the interview. Yeah, and uh, you know when she was talking, and she was talking about how um, what's that thing called? Not toolkit. What's it called? The algorithms and well, one of these websites that kids, teenage girls especially access. Oh, like how, TikTok. TikTok. Or... That's it. And yeah. they were trying to, you know really mess these girls up and they were saying that it's you know some girls we're talking about suicide and just the, the bad effect it's having on kids and so they she was saying that you know we have to put controls on this whole thing uh and so it's you know the government steps in and regulates it yeah but then, but then have, did you hear this scott then what happens is um they were come up and saying well that's a trojan horse What's really going on now is they're going to use this as a way of getting the government to regulate even more so what people are allowed to hear on Facebook and all the social media platforms. And uh, then, do you know who Don Lemon is? He's a he's a newscaster on CNN. Yeah. And there was a really interesting thing that he was saying that kind of shook me up, tell you the truth. And he say he was saying if it's not true, it should not be allowed. And so he was supporting more government regulation of what's going on on Facebook and all. And uh, the spooky thing about that is who determines what's true? Uh, is, it yeah. the par- is it the Democrat Party? Because they're kind of controlling everything right now. You know, they're in the majority. Or um, then you start looking back. Well, isn't that what they did in Nazi Germany? Isn't that what? They did behind the Iron Curtain in the Soviet Union. They decide what's truth and nothing else is allowed to be said. And isn't isn't the whole idea that, you know, people are presented both sides, which is really what I'm talking about here in a way, you know, let's hear both sides and then you decide for yourself, you know. But it just kind of, it weirded me out when I heard Don Lemon say that. It's like, oh my God, you know, that's that's talking about a slippery slope, you know. Uh, it's, it's a lot like, you know, government was supposed to be what of the people, by the people, for the people. 
kind of thing and government works for the people and now it's kind of gives you the feeling that you know of the money by the money and for the money who's ever in power right power yeah. and money and who's ever at the top you know they get, get control and the more control they have the more power they have the more money they get the the more uh, autocratic the whole thing uh, becomes you know well how do you go back to like the well the news depending on which news you watch obviously they just put that perspective out but how you know how do we get back to you know like getting cnn uh fox all of those really just you know opinion laying it out there like that you know yeah well you know it's, it's a it's a great point and they, they've even talked about that recently is that the department of justice the state department the irs um uh, almost all the main departments in the United States government, even the White House, it's all permeated uh, by a particular perspective. And there's this guy, he's a very interesting guy. His name is uh, Gorka, I think Sebastian Gorka. Have you heard him talk, Scotty? He, he was born in Hungary. His father was, you know, fought the communists, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if with weapons or how, but, you know, he, he and... Uh, so then Gorka came to the United States and actually got in the White House, was an advisor in the White House. And he said when he first heard about the deep state, he was like, oh, yeah, right. That's ridiculous. You know, he just couldn't buy it. It was a conspiracy theory to him. But in his functioning in the uh, White House, he came to realize that it's real. And it's all these different Department of Justice, Department of State, FBI, uh, CIA, IRS. It's the deep state. And this gets to your what you're bringing up, Scott has so permeated all these different departments that they're really running the things behind the scene. And the question comes up, how do you, how do you filter that out? How do you straighten that? It's just so pervasive, you know? And uh, what this guy was saying is it's gotta come from the people. Uh, we the people, you know, it's about we the people he was saying. And uh, that's why I think, you know, th there might've been a time when people could bury their head in the sand and just go about their business and don't want to hear anything about politics or the news or any of that. But whatever side of the uh, argument you're on, I think it's important that you at least become aware. That's all I'm saying. You become aware and then you make your own decision. But it's, I don't think it's okay to just be oblivious and these whole debates about is it freedom or is it tyranny or is this whole pernicious, you know, kind of like a uh, uh, thief creeping in the night, kind of growing like a cancer, the uh, deep state, you know, they call it. If that's really going on, do we just kind of let it let it happen and go about our business? We at least need to get a, an educated thought. Oh, and then there was this woman. She used to be a one of the people from 60 Minutes, you know, uh, you know, that show 60 Minutes. I think everybody does, Scotty, huh? And, and, and her name is uh, Laura Logan. You know who Laura Logan is, Scotty? Laura Logan. I think she, I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah she was, I think I, I could have this wrong. I think she was born in South Africa, and then she was on 60 Minutes for years. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but she was, she was saying, this was unbelievable. Let me see if I can, um, oh, she was talking about, look at what happened in Afghanistan. That's just nuts. Look what's happening on the border. That's crazy. Look what's happening with the uh, the uh, vaccine. And, and she was saying it's an experimental vaccine. It's not even FDA approved. And they're pumping it in the arms of the majority of the population. 
And oh, and we didn't even get into the thing about ivermectin. It's a, a drug that people, oh, well, yeah, that's a horse drug, horse warmer. The reality is that ivermectin came about in Japan, was developed by a researcher there, quite sure it was Japan. He got Nobel Prize for it, for saving human lives. They, they rated it up there with as far as valuable drugs that have been developed, right up there with penicillin, you know. Uh, uh, and, oh, and then they're using that in uh, 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 Uttar Pradesh, a, a state in uh, India, in different parts of India, that, um, and they're saving scads of five. They're practically stomping out the COVID virus with it. And uh, she was saying, you know, why would that not be, I'm sure it was her talking about that. Why would they not make it available to people? I think it was her. And then she was saying that they can't make any money on ivermectin, but they're making billions on the vaccine. Uh, Of the money, by the money, for the money. I don't know. You decide. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just telling you what the arguments are out there. But but she cited all of these things. And I just named a few of them. You know, the border, Afghanistan, the economy, printing money like mad trillions of dollars. Uh, And she said, she said, um, when you really look at all the crazy stuff going on there, you know, letting men, men now in prisons can declare that they're identified as a woman. They put them in a female prison and the rapes have gone up. They have to pass out condoms. The whole thing is nuts in these female prisons because these guys decide they're women. But at any rate, she cited all these different examples. And then she said, uh, nobody is that stupid. And she said, oh, she kept using the word stupid. You know, uh, it's just too ridiculous. She said, uh, it has to be done by intent. And then you start thinking about these conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them about, you know, the Chinese or the the deep state or what, you know, I don't know, infiltrating uh, the country to bring it down so they can overthrow it. First you dissolve it and then you rebuild it to your liking, an authoritarian state. Uh, many of which people say it's the Chinese that have their uh, uh, hands in so many um, uh, situations, you know. Oh, gosh, it goes on and on, you know. And the things they do, the things you hear about that they do is they'll uh, take a political leader and uh, get him seduced by a hooker and then they videotape what went on between the hooker and the political guy. And now they've got them in their pocket or just sure out buying them with, you know, money. Uh, and you've heard about all that stuff, but I think it's just good to hear it. And then you decide for yourself, you know, but when the way she said it was compelling to me, she said so much nutty stuff going on. Nobody can possibly be that stupid. It's done by intent, you know, and then she was going on about Pakistan and how Pakistan funds the Taliban and how we are funding Pakistan and how we could change all of that around and what's going on in Afghanistan with ease. But for some reason, we just choose not to do it, you know. Anyway, having said that, that's just a, a, a glimpse at what's going on. And I think people need to have some awareness around it and then decide for yourself. Um and I heard a nice quote. It was just, it's not what a person does so much as it's what they tolerate. 
you know, and I think we do well to ask ourselves, how much are we tolerating? Uh, how much are we choosing to bury our heads in the sand and just tolerating what's going on around us? And is that really a wise way to go, you know? And then there was another study done recently, trust in the media. How many people trust the mainstream media? I just thought this was interesting. They said 70% of Democrats, 30% of independents, and 11% of uh, Republicans trust the media for what it's worth. All right, enough on all that. That's uh, That was a long one this week, but it was the first time we'd done this, and that's uh, the, the week in a nutshell. And I don't know, we'll see. Maybe we'll do shorter versions or do some versions or what have you of the week in a nutshell uh, every Sunday um, before we get into the main body. And the main body of this um, podcast is why are there so many gods? What's that all about? And really, uh if you take a look at the main structure of the nature of existence that I've offered, uh, it all kind of falls out of there. And the idea is that there's uh, one source, the unified field of modern physics, because we're going to talk about the, if you will, and for some people this may sound kind of offensive, but the physics of God, the physics of existence, the physics of the nature of existence, you know, and that is that there's one underlying basis for everything. It's the source of all the intelligence and harmony and coherence that birthed this whole universe. Uh, it's the underlying structure of the whole thing. And uh, um, the mathematics of it, like I said, it's like the mathematics of a crystal, a multifaceted crystal. Only that crystal of the structure of existence is huge. It's not just a half a dozen facets. It's unbounded you could really say a number of facets and depending on what facet you view it from uh you get a whole different kaleidoscope of structure that explains the nature of existence you see and then there's this idea that you know you look at another person you don't see a bunch of electrons protons and neutrons you see a human being a personified being and so you can say is there you know, what came first, the personified being or the electrons, protons, and neutrons? Uh, and either way, which gives it more meaning? Well, what gives it more meaning is the personified correlate. When you talk to another person, you're not talking to electrons, protons, and neutrons. You're talking to a being. And what birth that being is the unified field. And so it's kind of ironic when you look at it that way that we can think, oh, yeah, there's a, a personified correlate to a human being, but the idea of that which underlies it, all the wisdom, intelligence, and coherence that underlies that, how could that be personified? How could that have personified correlates? It's just too far out. Well, you know, it's how can you birth something out of something that doesn't have that same degree of uh, coherence and intelligence within it? It, it kind of doesn't make sense, you know? Uh, they asked Einstein once, can you explain a sunrise in terms of pure physics? I'm like, and he said, yes, you can. He said, but if you do, it loses its meaning. And that's the same thing. There's this unified field and it births everything. It's the source of all of the intelligence. You can interface it from different angles through different facets of the diamond. And uh, you can do that through physics, but you can do it through the personified correlates, which gives it more meaning. And uh, so that whole structure, you see, has so many different mechanisms of action. 
Uh, just like in mathematics, you have addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, different operators, we call them. And within the uh, structure that manifests out of that one thing, it's called the quantum mechanical level in physics, that underlying complex structure, there are a myriad, infinite number, if you will, of different um, uh, personified correlates, that is to say facets of interaction, modes of operation uh, uh, that emerge out of that wholeness, that, of that coherent structure. And uh, so each of those personified correlates is what uh, uh, can be viewed as God, you know? And then some people, well, you know, which one is real? Well, they're all real. And well, you're saying there are multiple gods? Well, even people who are into polytheism, you know, in India, if you talk about to them about polytheism, there always seems to me, at least in my experience, proud to say, well, that really there's only one God. And that's what they're talking about. One God, many faces, you know? And then uh, uh, there's so many... If you understand that, so many things fall in your lap, so many understandings. Like, um, oh, some people will say, uh, and I love the Baptist ministers, by the way. I uh, Sunday morning on the radio, I just love listening to their sermons uh, because there's such a deeper truth, perhaps, to what they're saying than they may want to you know, say on the air because it gets too complex, perhaps. But like they'll say, Jesus is the only way. And I was talking to a uh, Baptist minister once, and, I, and he said to me, do you, you know, because he was like, oh, what are you doing here? Are you kind of weird? You know, do you believe Jesus is the only way? And I said to him, well, if you mean some guy, some you know, chunk of flesh named Jesus, I said, no, I can't believe that. But if you mean Jesus the Christ, that is to say what he knew he was, what his physiology was so refined and, and, and unconvoluted that he could feel with clarity the, tr the true nature of his own being, which is what? Well, from the perspective of physics, the unified field, but from his own being uh, on a personified level, it's God. And he knew he was one with God. And uh, he, he knew that in that sense, there's only one God and he knew he was that. And so in that sense, I say, absolutely. Jesus, in that sense, is the only way. But we can't underestimate the nature of the Christ, you know, multifaceted diamond, many names. Uh, and that's what births all these different religions, you see. But now it gets even more complicated than that. And, and because what is the degree of clarity with which we understand the nature of the whole thing. What sort of distortions uh, get imposed upon it, oftentimes in the name of religion or tangential religions or what have you, uh, uh, that allude to that one thing? Because, you know, we all feel it in our own being that there's something deep within us that is, you know, if, for lack of a better word, some people like this word, some people don't, but it's truth, you know? And we all seek it in different ways. And uh, uh, even atheists, atheists, what do atheists, what would atheists call that? Well, it's their own sense of morality, you know? And where does that morality come from, you know, deep within their being? But what happens is these different um, uh, 
paradigms, these different uh, mentalities, these different ideologies get created. And we see them, you know, you got the woke ideology, you've got um, all sorts of different ideologies. And these different ideologies, um, even for some people that are atheists, these ideologies take over. And those ideologies, at least emotionally, psychologically, uh, become their, you know, God. And they adhere to that. And that's what they believe in. And the problem with that, then, is it's something that's floated on the surface of life that they cling to as truth. And uh, uh, there's some echo of truth. I like to say the echoes of truth perceived as truth hold truth at bay, you know, because look at all the conflicting ideologies and all of them somehow in some perhaps twisted kind of a way uh, reach down into the depth of their soul and just say, oh, yeah, I, I believe it, you know. Uh, and so, you know, when we talk about, you know, why so many gods, I think we don't just limit it to this um, structure that can be scientifically precise, you know, the different facets of the diamond, but also the echoes and the uh, loose approximations and kind of hand-waving around it uh, that births all sorts of ideologies that can even reach to justifications for crazy things like genocide or, you know, whatever. Uh, because somehow in some twisted mental way, people find that connection to, you know, it's the idea that you want to feel one with everything. You want to feel unified with everything. You want to feel harmonious with everything. That's beautiful, isn't it? But in a twisted kind of a way where people go, that was, well, if I just kill everybody that doesn't think the same way I do, then I'll feel one with everybody and it'll be a beautiful world. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's why they say you can justify anything with the intellect. Then people do. I like to say the intellect is a great tool, but it's a terrible master, you see, and that's why. Uh, anything else on all this, Scotty? Um, yeah, I've just, I just remember having, you know, tons of conversations with people over the years just about how that all, everybody's trying to, every religion is trying to say the same thing. They're just using their language of the, to, to try to speak about that, you know, that. And see that, the, yeah. And the kicker there is yeah. that it connects down to that place deep inside of them where they do know truth and they're passionate about it. Yeah. And so to try to refute something, an ideology perhaps that they have on the surface is experienced by them as a refutation of that place of divinity and truth that dwells within them, that they've connected to that ideology, whatever it may be. And so it's, it's almost offensive. It is offensive to them. Uh, if you question, you know, their belief, you know, right. And that's the world. That's where, that's where we're at today. That's uh, and that applies to politics. It applies to theology. It applies to any sort of ideology uh, or any sort of um, model that we may create in any arena, you know, how the human psyche works, how, how physics works. You know, 
all these um, ancient technologies weren't based on Newtonian physics. Newton wasn't even around yet, but they had technologies and they did work. They built the pyramids. They built these incredible things. Uh, uh, it just shows again how people get so caught up in their ideologies and their notions that because they didn't have the physics we have today, they couldn't have possibly known how to do that. So then it must have been UFO people that came down and did it. You know, it just gets crazy, you know? Uh, I like when you talked about how like there's there's a lot of different roads that go to Rome. Mm, you know, some yeah. are paved better better than others. Some are faster <laughs> to, to get to than others. You know. Yeah, and if know. we can if we can get past our identity with one ideology or one uh, reality, even physics is a reality, but there are other realities that exist simultaneously. And uh, knowledge of the mechanics of creation might be more easily accessible through one than through another. You yeah. see, even you though both are rooted in truth, you have to be able to pick up and put down the tools that best mm -hmm. work for the situation. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How do we say that wisdom is aligned with the reality that best serves the moment? You know, right? And that's yeah. sort of thing. You, yeah, you can't build the house with just a hammer. That's right. <laughs> Even though a hammer's a great tool. Great tool, yeah. Yeah, that's good, Scotty. Yeah. So uh, we have our gods. We have our demigods. We have our political leaders and our ideologies. Uh, and oftentimes in the world today, our allegiances have been uh, misplaced from something that comes really and is seamlessly, flawlessly connected to the depth of our being, uh, to some new version, some new popular version of what we think of as truth uh, in God, you know? Uh, these days, ideology has largely become, I think, um, the new God, you know, sadly. Uh, for so many people. So that's why I say humility is the flip side of wisdom. And to attain wisdom, to attain real knowledge, um, requires a great deal of humility. And uh, that's why in these podcasts, I do my best to try not to tell you what to believe. In fact, you know, I remember that moment when one student put up their hand and said, why do you say one thing one day and something else another day? And they don't, they contradict each other. And I just said, right. You know, that's why it's called emancipation. Spiritual emancipation is freedom from the limitations of one narrow viewpoint. And I don't just mean intellectual viewpoint. I mean, emotional stance, emotional viewpoint, emotional relationship with the world. If we become etched in stone, we become narrow in our vision. And uh, Maharishi Patanjali, ancient master thousands of years ago, he called those some scars impressions on the mind storehouse our mind is just a storehouse of impressions and uh, uh as that as those impressions soften we become more flexible more wise and so it ceases to be like something etched in stone but it becomes like maybe clay and then maybe water and then air and then we're free we're emancipated we still function within the realm of paradigms but we're not lost to any one of them you see uh, <clears throat> and that's why 
See, and then what happens, they oh, well, if the mind is thoughts or impressions, then you get to this place of no mind. They talk about the state of no mind. Uh, I guess Zen Buddhists talk about that, but it gets also confused because we take that and we try to turn it into a paradigm and, oh, okay, I, I have no mind. I have no mind. That's not what that means. You know, it means we're free from the impressions that overshadow our awareness. You see, it's a very different thing. We could go on and on, and I think this is enough for today. Uh, uh, unless you have something else to add, Scotty, I think we'll wind up. No. All right, everybody. Sounds good then. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Scotty. And we will talk to you again next time on Ancient Secrets Revealed.